To get your free audio gift, The Three Pillars of Achieving Your Perfect Weight Using the Mind-Body Connection, go to healthymindfitbody.com and enter your first name and email address, and we'll send that to you right away. Welcome to the Healthy Mind Fit Body Podcast. This is episode number 22, and this is Kevin, and Wes is on the other line. Hey, Wes, how's it going? Good, Kev. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Here in sunny San Diego, it's like mid-70s today. It's amazing, balmy weather. Yeah, we're getting summer here in the middle of winter. It's pretty nice. For all those people that are caught in snowmageddon, or is it snowpocalypse? Which one is it? <laughs> That's right. I like snowpocalypse. <laughs> yeah, Dallas got like 12 inches of snow, right? All-time record. Yeah. And uh, the eastern seaboard is getting dumped on. But uh, here in sunny San Diego, it is optimal climate for healthy mind-fit bodies. Yes, it really is. I mean, the the sunshine not only is good uh, physically gets you motivated to get out there, but mentally, I think it's some, there's something to it that uh, I feel more motivated in general to just kind of get stuff done and be happy. Yeah, I was thinking yesterday as I was watching the sunset at the beach, and if there's anything to ever worship, and you know, the idea of worship is uh, has lots of connotations in our culture, but worshiping the sun because it provides all these things we have on earth, you know, all the life-sustaining things, the energy from the sun is just something that we rely on and we kind of take it for granted. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Who's the sun god? The Greek sun god? Who is the sun god? Helios? It's not Horus. Chuck Norris? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he could make the sunrise if he wanted to. Oh, I'm sure he could, yes. (laughs) He causes the sunrises and sunsets. That's uh, that's very true. Because he is effing Chuck Norris. (laughs) (laughs) And there are double-blind studies to prove this. Yeah, and speaking of studies, we ran across an article. We want to do a quick show today. This is our 10-minute podcast. (laughs) Yeah, this is the 10-minute Maybe 12 minutes. The first and only so far, I guess. But this was on uh, libertyforall.net, which is an interesting libertarian-oriented site about freedom and stuff. Uh, Stossel posted his article here, Health Hype, it's called. And he has three myths here that he wants to debunk. True or false, if you give a kid sugar, he'll get hyper. True or false, eat sugar and your energy may slump. True or false, it's a good idea to drink eight glasses of plain water every day. Well, I think a lot of people do think that kids get hyper as a result of eating sugars, right? And then the the energy crash after eating sugars. Yeah. But apparently, you know, Stossel's taken issue with this, as he typically does in his investigative journalism. He kind of looks at the the empirical side of things and challenges people's conventional notions, which is good. Um, But they did a double-blind study, apparently. Or was it double-blind or single? Let's see. One was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Some kids ate sugared foods while others got foods with artificial sweeteners. Yeah, it's double-blind. Their parents and the researchers didn't know who was eating sugar and who wasn't. The researchers monitored the kids for things like irritability and hyperactivity. They found no difference. And so this one researcher said, there is no such thing as a sugar high, and there is no such thing as sugar making you nuts. There just isn't. Well, how is that? I mean, when I eat a lot of sugar, I feel like I get a burst of energy, and then it kind of goes away, and sometimes it can be like a crash. And I don't know, I wonder how much sugar they actually gave them and how the study was done. Yeah, and then we were also talking about the fact that kids naturally have lots of energy right? Yeah. And so that sort of mindset or energy level may wash out any of the effects on a metabolic level from the sugars and the artificial sugars. 
Yeah, I mean, when I was uh, up for Christmas uh, visiting my uh, family and being around my niece, who's eight years old, I mean, she doesn't have a horrible diet, but definitely there's a lot of sugar being eaten. <laughs> I mean, pretty typical, like most, I think most kids. And um, she's running around like crazy all the time and has constant energy and wants to do things 100% of the time. So, yeah, I think there's definitely, uh, you definitely can withstand a lot as a kid. You can withstand a lot more of the carbs, like eating high carb than you can as an adult. And the other thing, and I, we talked about this before the show, but one of the things that got me motivated to start doing low carb and just cutting down on my carbs was um, listening to Mark Allen, who is the Ironman Hawaii champion for six years in the 90s. I saw him speak live and um, he used to eat like just crap, ice cream and pizza and just all kinds of carbs in his 20s. And yet he was able to win the Ironman a couple times. Um, one of the hardest races in the world. But then he got into his late 20s, early 30s, and he wasn't able to, he doesn't have the energy to train like he used to. So he started looking at diet and then, you know, he started following kind of the 40-30-30 plan and his energy levels went through the roof. And he felt better than he did when he was 10 years younger eating the crappy diet. Mm -hmm. So the point of that is that I think people can withstand eating the high-carb diet for many years, not just kids, but even into teenage years and into their 20s. But eventually it catches up and it becomes really difficult to not only do sports, but just to kind of maintain your a healthy weight and to keep your energy levels going high throughout the day. Sure. And we've talked about this insulin factor quite a bit on this show because it is the main one involved in weight gain and weight storage, like fat storage. Because when you eat fat for energy rather than carbs, you're not really requiring insulin to metabolize that. And that's the big factor. So for a certain percentage of the population, I would say a third up to maybe two thirds, they don't deal with excess carbs very well. They put on love handles and then a third of the population ends up getting obese. Yeah. Um, and they end up frustrated because they think that they're, you know, getting energy from carbs, right? It's supposed to be healthy carbs, but they end up actually doing damage to themselves. And of course, the high blood insulin levels lead to all kinds of other deleterious things, um, heart disease and a whole cascade of hormonal changes, as Barry Sears has pointed out, that happens with the high blood insulin levels. Right. So that's the sort of long-term thing. And in the short term, you know, they were talking about energy levels here. And the, the researchers said, we tell kids if they want to do well on a test not to eat sugar, even though it increases your blood sugar, which is why I think there is some confusion. It drops it down pretty quickly so that you have this kind of lull. As one man put it, once it's over, you kind of like crash. <laughs> That's right. Some research shows that instead of jacking you up, sugar may actually calm you down. Well, I don't know if that would be considered calming. Yeah, it's it, crashing and calming I don't think are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Your energy may slump. Yeah, and that's the kind of like yo-yo sort of effect that insulin has. Being type 1 diabetic, I know exactly how this process works. If I take too much insulin and too little carbs, I mismatch it, yeah. it'll drop my blood sugar down below, say, 70. And if you go below that level, you really start feeling the effects. You get kind of weak and jittery and kind of confused, and you want to have something that's sugary right. to, uh, to feed your brain, basically, because your brain requires a certain level of blood glucose to function properly. And if you drop all the way down to like 20, then you go unconscious. Unfortunately, I've never had that happen, but with normal people without diabetes, 
Um, they basically eat a lot of carbs and it requires a lot of insulin to process that and it can drop your blood sugar down to a level that's lower than what you normally have. Obviously it's not going to go hypoglycemic like mine would be, like less than 60 or in the 50s or 30s even. It's going to drop it from your normal of like 90 something down to your 80s or 70s. And, and I've actually tested one person who was normal that tested 60. Hmm. So that's verging on hypoglycemia where people actually have to eat multiple times throughout the day, like every two hours to keep their blood sugar up. Yeah. But that sort of feeling that you get when your blood sugar drops below your normal level does encourage you to eat more carbs and it makes you feel kind of weak and out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I found interesting, the you know how when you go, you stay at a hotel and sometimes they'll put the little chocolate mint thing on your pillow? Mm-hmm. Love those. Those are tasty. Yeah, they're great. Um, the reason that started is that uh, they found that people slept better if they had a little bit of chocolate before going to bed because it's that carb spike and then you kind of crash. So I thought that was interesting. And I tend to find that works. Sure. It's just that in excess, of course, you're going to store those carbs as fat. Yeah, exactly. Because whatever you don't burn off, like little kids are able to burn off all these extra carbs, it seems like, um, with reckless abandon. But when your metabolism slows down a bit and you don't have as many energy needs, you're just going to store that excess uh, amount of carbohydrates as fat. And that's not a good thing. No. So what about the water myth that he says is a myth? Uh, I always thought this was real for years. Should drink eight glasses of water every day, and a lot of people believe that. But he says uh, some schools actually require kids to carry bottled water around with them. <laughs> but it's another myth. And he, this Dr. Heinz Valton, professor of Dartmouth Medical School, spent his life studying the right balance of water in our bodies. So there's no evidence that supports the eight times eight idea. I drink about five or six glasses per day. Only one of them is water. He said. Much of the fluid we need comes from all things food. Even a slice of white bread is more than 30% water, he said. It's lots of water, 80 to 90% in vegetables and fruits. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true that there's water in in a lot of things that we eat. I don't think white bread is the best way that we can get that. Oh, come on, man. I think a loaf of white bread a day is probably the best prescription I can see because you're getting all your water, you're getting your grains, right? Yeah. Healthy nutrition, like, like Cosby said last week in the little right. skit that we played. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nutrition. <laughs> it's got eggs and wheat and milk. <laughs> milk. It's good yeah. And then uh, who was it? Gidget that was the spokesperson for uh, Wonder Bread? She couldn't be wrong, could she? Of course not. No. <laughs> and you can also actually lay bricks with it. You know, if you, met, you can wad it up into a ball and it turns into glue. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can use it for glue for all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. In addition to brick mortar. <laughs> I'll try that. <laughs> no, it's actually not nutritious, folks. The Even the wheat bread can be problematic. So vegetables and fruits are great, obviously. But, you know, getting enough water every day is important. And as this researcher acknowledges, drinking water is not a bad idea. Uh, what's wrong with the myth is that the recommendation is universal, that every last one of us, including... As one article said, couch potatoes must drink at least eight eight ounce glasses of water per day. Yeah, I, I agree with Stossel on this for the most part. I think it's just a matter of, like, I when I wake up in the morning, I'll have a big tall glass of water because that's when you're most dehydrated is first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then you know I drink as much as I can during the day, but I don't. I definitely don't get eight glasses every single day. I'm sure that I'm getting enough though with all the food and everything else that I'm eating and drinking. It's probably uh, plenty. 
And if you're sweating a lot, that's another thing too. You need to be hydrated and making sure that you're getting your electrolytes back in yeah. because you're sweating out more than just water. You're sweating out salts and so forth. So that's important. But, you know, eight, eight ounce glasses, that's four 16 ounces. That doesn't seem like a lot of water. Yeah. Um, if you're not getting that much, you're probably getting some more with the veggies and fruits too. And also, like if you're drinking artificially sweetened beverages, things that have no carbs, True. that can count obviously as, because the main ingredient in those things is water, of course. Yeah. So that's all good. That's true. I think we've done this article. Yeah, we've done it. Um, I just wanted to mention that, uh, and I did a blog post on this, but I think it's important enough to say again here, the Whole Foods market is starting to promote a low-fat vegetarian diet. And they're saying that that's the best thing that you can do for your health. Mm. It's going around in kind of the low-carb community online. People are talking about it and none of us are happy about this because yeah. really what they're doing is, you know, I said my title of my blog was this Whole Foods Market Backing Away from Health. And I'd say yes, mm -hmm. because what they're promoting is not optimal health. You know, they're promoting going back to eating more carbs, really. And yeah, vegetables are great, but, you know, let's uh, take the science into consideration here. And it's something I don't think that they're doing. There's no need to malign fat. Fat is your friend. And uh, it seems like they're just perpetuating that myth that fat is bad for you. Exactly. So just want to mention that. Keep an eye out for the, the propaganda that's going to be coming out of Whole Foods here. It'll be uh, not too far from <laughs> what the government does. Yeah, Jimmy Moore did a good blog post on that. Live in La Vida Low Carb guy, right? Yeah, and that's uh, also brings up, uh, we're going to be having him on our show next week. Mm-hmm, yes, the next episode. Yeah, that's going to be a really exciting interview. He's He's got a lot of good stuff to share. He really does, yeah. Prolific podcaster and blogger and so forth. Exactly. And an author. He's got a new book out, so we'll be talking about that. Yeah. And if you like what you're hearing on our podcast, uh, go to the iTunes link. We'll have it in the show notes and give us a rating and review. That'd be greatly appreciated. And then if you also uh, want to download our free audio, you can just go to our website, healthymindfitbody.com and download the three pillars. Absolutely. And get up to speed with the sort of foundation by which we talk about the stuff on the podcast as well as the blog. Yep. And that's in our book too. You can, there's a link to the book on our website also. Right. So that about wraps it up. I think we went over the 10-minute mark, but uh, it was shorter than usual. So we got that going for us. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. It's all